Okay, people, are you ready for the first chin check of the week? Boy, we have got, hey, I will say, right, I, I started thinking it's going to be two events, right? LFA one to one and UFC Fight Night uh, on ESPN 32, right? K to V Katezi. No. Was I then find out there was an Invicta card? <laughs> oh shit! So yeah, we got three cards to break down, people. How great is that? You know what I mean? Hey, I thought we we're starting the year with fights big. Hey, we started even bigger. So buckle up, let's get into the action. Okay, people. So yes. There was an Invicta card on Wednesday. So, I, you know what I mean? I found out a little bit late. Uh, watched it Friday. And, boy, it was fun. So, we had TJ DeSantis and Julie Kedzie calling it from the fight church in Kansas City. And, uh, yeah, we had a, a six-fight main card. It started off with... Uh, Maria Favela against Sarah Klechka. And it's a bantamweight fight. It was interesting because I think in the first round, Klechka, she was throwing leg kicks and the jab, but it was a little, seemed a little lackadaisical, right? She, she was very upright. And she wasn't setting up the kicks. So she was getting countered by Favela, who was showing some very good footwork. You know, she was hitting the leg, the, you know, going after the calf and really landing a, a, a nice, nice right all the time. So she won that first round. Now, Kletchko went to the corner and the corner was just like, yo, fix up. You know what I mean? And that's what she did, right? So second round on, she wasn't as upright. She was being more forceful with the jab, not just throwing an arm out there. She was really following through with the jab, sitting down on her shots more, better movement, and throwing her own kicks. And because of that, she was stopping Favela from doing what she could do. And, uh, yeah, you know, Kletschka, you know, she, she really, you know what I mean, just turned it on and got a nice victory. But she was just able to shut down Favela. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, Favela was still trying. You know what I mean? She was still trying. She still landed some big shots. But she wasn't able to do it with the frequency that she did in the first. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it ended up with Klevela, um Kletschka doing more, right? Having the, the bigger output. So it went to a split decision. But, yeah, Kletschka won the last two rounds. It was a, I don't know why it was a split. Because, you know, Favela... Won the first round, clearly. Kletschia took the next two. It is a bit simple, but hey-ho. 
these things happen. So we then had our first of the two atom weight fights on the card. We had Tamika Jones step in on short notice to fight Katie Saul. And, um, you know, Saul, she'd lost her previous, um, you know, Invicta outings. So lost those two fights, both split decisions. But you could see that she really was looking to make a change this time out. And, you know, I think the big difference from the giddy up that you saw Saul was very composed, you know, had a solid guard. All the fundamentals were there. Tamika, I feel that, you know, this was her Invicta debut. And I, I, I think that got to her a little bit. You know, she was, you know, just a little bit just, you know what I mean, amped, a bit too amped. So she's just swinging. She wasn't really, you know, sitting down on things, setting things up. So, you know what I mean? But she was landing some shots. You know what I mean? She was definitely game. Saldo came in, took her down. Took her down, gets mount. Drops some elbows, right? Drops some elbows and then took the back, looking for that rear naked choke. And, uh, you know what I mean, to, uh, Jones did a very good job of fighting that off. And she was then able to twist and get on top. So she's on top, but so, you know what I mean, still very composed, right? Did the right thing, had the, the, the her, her feet on Jones's hips, keeping her off balance, very active guard, and boom, throws up a, a, an armbar, throws up an armbar, grabs it, 30 seconds to go, she's got the arm, right, she's extended it, Jones gritting, gritting in there, staying the course, and the reason was, I feel it was, you know, Saul's legs, they weren't both fully over, you know what I mean, the, 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 the shoulder area. So, the, the, you know, the torque wasn't quite there, but Saul adjusted her grip, got the arm underneath, you know, the armpit, got the let, moved the legs, and boom. That's all she wrote, baby. You know what I mean? Jones had to tap, but, you know, hey, she Jones took this fight on short notice, Right, that was only a second pro fight, so you know, I mean, props to her for yeah, very good win for Katie Saul. So we then go to the flyweight, flyweight, hundred twenty-five. Yeah, that's fly. I, yeah, I always get fly and feather mixed up. I don't know why. You know what I mean? It's just like, I've been watching fights for so long, I still can't get that right. I'm an ass, man. But, yeah, flyweight fight. Elsa Pone making her second Invicta start against Helen Peretta. Um, And, whew, I mean, 
this was crazy. Home was confident. You know what I mean? And she didn't have a bad fight the first time out. But Pareda just came out. And I think from the giddy up, Pareda hit a big one-two, which knocked Pone back. And you know what I mean? Like Pone went up against the fence. Like she wasn't hurt, but it was the power, right? There was a clear power differential here. And Pareda is a nasty bitch. She stalked Pone, man. She stalked her. It was, oh, man, it was like a fucking raptor in Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? And she just landed big shots. Man, she got Pone down and she just controlled the fight. Just controlled it. Got her down, hit a lot of ground and pound, elbows. It, it was nasty. Hey, but props to Pone. Because Pone, hey, she, when she could, she got off shots. She got off some kicks. But it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Because Pareto was just vicious. You know? Like, there was some, I think there was occasions where maybe Pareda could have ended the fight if she had really poured it on. But it wasn't like she wasn't looking to end the fight, but she wasn't looking to rush and put herself in silly situations. So, yeah, she was methodical here, people, and got a clear and concise victory. So our next fight, it was bantamweight. We had Monica Franco against Haley Cowan, who was making her Invicta debut. And whew, just from the giddy up, man, Cowan just pressured Franco, got her up against the fence, you know, some dirty boxing on the fence, you know what I mean? Just looking to get her down, just ground her out. In the second round, Cowan gets Franco down again, and boom, she gets the back, looking for that rear naked, the arms underneath the chin, and it's a wrap. Now, here's a crazy thing. The ref didn't see it. Right, the ref didn't see it, didn't see the tap because you know, what I mean, as they were turning, right? So, um, the tap side was down by the mat and Franco tapped, but hey, she then, you know, what I mean, she gave it up, right? She stopped what she was doing, and that was it. Some fighters, as we know, the ref doesn't see it. They might act like they didn't tap. So, hey, mad props to Franco for the honesty right there. But, yeah, very good debut for Hayley Cowan. And if she's able to, you know what I mean, just whew, work that wrestling, she's going to be a problem, man. She's going to be a problem. So... The co-main event, it, I feel it was, I think it was a short notice affair. So this was catch weight at 150 pounds. But 
two newcomers to Invicta, had Shamar uh, Pesara against Romana Pascal. And hot damn, right? No feeling out. Both of these ladies were throwing, ran both throwing, both landed some decent shots, right? But Pascal hit a knee, hit a knee to the kidneys of Prashquara. And, oh, man, now, look, we have seen that kidney shot countless times, how it can just shut you down, and it instantly can end fight. So props to Pashkara, right? She was hurt, clearly hurt, right? She staggered back to the fence. Pascal just, I don't know if she realized it was to the kidney, but she jumped on Pasquara, didn't give her a minute's rest, followed up with more knees to the midsection, to the head, and I feel the last knee hit the kidneys again, and Pasquara dropped, the referee jumped in. This was quick. I feel a minute. We were a minute into the fucking fight, people, and that was done a great debut for Pasquale man it really was so main event right main event the Atomweights the rematch Alicia Zapatella the current Invicta champion taking on Jessica Dalboni again now these girls fought in May 2021 right, went to a split decision, Zapatella won, right, now, at the time, and hey, I said it, I said it on the breakdown, people, I felt Delboni had won that fight, it was super close, right, so, it, you know, to say it's a robber, you can't really say that, it was super close, but yeah, I, I thought Delboni won, and she was so pissed. Delboni was pissed, right? So in June, there was a Phoenix tournament to see who would get the next shot at Zapatella. The next month, Delboni entered. Delboni entered and won. That's three fights in one night. Now, yes, you know, the whole tournament thing has changed slightly, you know what I mean? Because you can't fight three three round fights. So the first two fights are one round, and then the main event is free. You know what I mean? But three fights, it's three fucking fights, and she did it. So won the Phoenix and got that title shot. So we finally get to see that rematch, man. Finally get to see that rematch. Now, what I thought was interesting, right? So what we heard on the broadcast was Zapatella had said this was going to be her last atom weight fight, right? She'd be moving up to straw weight after this, which kind of interesting because, you know, half pint, yeah, he understands. She's short. She's short. So, yeah, I'm like, yo, to go up to straw weight, whew, that could be problematic. Not because Zapatella isn't skilled. But 
reach deficit, height deficit. You know what I mean? There's a lot of work you gotta do. And we see many people try, but it's difficult to close that gap against, you know, people that can, you know, fight at range, right? So she's saying all of this, and you think to yourself, is Zapatella looking past Alboni? Because they both felt they won that first fight, right? There was clear animosity between the two. So, um, yeah, but in that first fight, remember, Zapatella couldn't take Dalboni down. So straight out the gate, they did tap, they did touch, they did touch fists, which I wasn't sure if they were going to do, right? Now, Dalboni landed a stiff jab out the gate. But Zapatella, boom, changed levels, got the takedown. I got the takedown early. Dalboni, though, was able to get up, but it was that thing of saying, hey, you said I'd never be able to take you down. Just did, bitch. What? You know what I mean? So it, it was definitely that thing you could see. There was some posturing going on, people trying to show, hey, I won the last fight. I'm going to fuck you up now, man. That's it. That's, that's what it be. And, um, yeah, Dalboni, man, it is the power, right? It is maybe not straight knockout power, but boy, she packs a punch. And, you know, she was landing very well, landing very well, and then stuffing the other takedown attempts. Uh, but, you know, Zavatelli did get her down again, but, you know, Delboni was able to get back up. You know, she didn't really spend too much time on her back. So I think the big change in here was in the second round, Zapatella, you know, went for a takedown, probably about midway through. Dalboni stuffed it and then landed some fucking nasty elbows. Nasty and a few, not just one, not two. She landed a few. And when, you know, Zapatella got up, you could see that she, like, she wasn't out, but she was definitely a little shook, right? She was a little stunned from those elbows. But props to Zapatella. She, you know what I mean? She didn't take steps back. She continued to come forward. Problem is... Her, her takedown offenses were getting stuffed. She was getting stuffed, and Delboni was then punishing her, right? And when she got through, right, she got through onto her leg, Delboni, you know, continued to drop those elbows, right, and tie Zapatella up so she couldn't advance her position, so it, it was getting a little problematic because in the fourth, yeah, Dalboni was dropping elbows to the head as Zapatella was trying, you know, she was grabbing a, a, grabbing a leg, right? But the problem, I think the problem was she was probably more stunned from those early elbows 
than maybe people realized is you know going for the takedowns is fine but the shots got slower more predictable right now Sapatella she was still trying still trying but it, it got a little repetitive you know jab overhand jab overhand gonna shoot right so Dalboni was able to make those reads and then punish her you know she did hit a nice head kick later on but it, it, there wasn't there wasn't enough wasn't enough and in the fifth round you know her corner was like yo you gotta finish this open scoring so you know everyone knew what was going down right and we did see Zapatella come out and try and push it. But Dalboni was still hitting those big shots, those punishing shots. And then Zapatella, again, went for a takedown. She's on the leg, but can't proceed, can't push forward. And I think it was a bit of a problem because, you know what I mean, Zapatella needed to finish the fight. But she's stuck on a leg. It, it wasn't the best game plan. But I feel it was probably the only thing she could do. Because I think, yeah, she was just stunned. It, I'd be curious to find out what she remembers, you know what I mean, from the fight. Because, yeah, I think she was really hurt. And, you know what I mean, it was kind of on autopilot. Right? But so tough. So fucking tough. Now, Dalboni, you know I mean, she won this fight. She clearly won the fight. I, I, you know, she was admiring her shit a little bit, right? She was landing big shots, and instead of following them up, you know, I mean, she just stood back, stood back a bit, you know, which, which didn't hurt her, didn't hurt her. And again, I think some of that was because of the animosity and everything like that. But, yeah, Dalboni, she, she's tough, you know what I mean? When she puts it together, dangerous. And she threw more in this fight than maybe the first one, because I think that was one of the problems, right? In the first fight, it was the volume. She was landing big shots, but not as much of volume as Zapatella. In this one, she landed more, definitely landed more big shots, stuffing those takedowns, those vicious elbows. But she definitely needs to, you know what I mean, stop just congratulating herself on a big shot and just follow it up, follow it up. But she did have a smart game plan, man. Definitely had a smart game plan. And, um, yeah, looks like Invicta is going to Wednesday night, which, boom, now I know, right? I, I will be sure to try and catch the next event. And I think... These events are going to be free on YouTube still. So that's golden, right? Because I thought it was all straight access TV and I wouldn't be able to watch them, you know what I mean, since they left Fight Pass. But, yeah, on YouTube, boom, we're going to be able to cover Invicta, people. So, um, yeah, that was good, man. And, um, you know, we had a, a bumper weekend of fights. How great is that? So LFA was back on Friday, people. And 
Hey, it's always fun with an LFA card. It was Ryan Cook, Ryan Ch Ron Crunk, <laughs> and Alan Javan on the call. And um, yeah, there, there was, you know, COVID issues and all of that. But we had a six-fight main card, which started off with the heavyweights. It was Sejur Sodafor against Chakori Savage. Savage was making his pro debut, but, you know, Soldier Ford only had, you know, two pro fights. So it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all, you know. But um, Savage, man, he raced across the octagon and really took it to Soldier Ford. I mean, one of the big differences was... I think Savage had a, a, a more refined style. Soldier 4 was trying to throw big bombs. And his defense, his, his defense, like when he got hit, he, he was just trying to counter rather than, you know what I mean, cover up and be a bit more strategic. Right, they were both throwing big bombs. They were both, you know, I mean, the accuracy wasn't quite there all the time, but Savage started to hit these big elbows that were definitely hurting Soldier 4. But Soldier 4 was got Savage down a couple of times, wasn't able to hold Savage. That was the big problem. And then Savage reverses one time and starts to drop some elbows on um, Soldier 4. But I think we were ooh, nearly a minute left, nearly four minutes in. And um, Savage hits a big elbow. He puts Soldier 4 down. And then he just pours on the strikes, landing some elbows. Soldier Boy turns. Savage just continues to punch, and the referee has to jump in. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Got things started with uh, fireworks, and they did continue. Jeez. We had a featherweight clash between John Pham, who was a late replacement, and Anvor Boyazanovov. Um, and this, man, it, it, it took a few seconds, right, looking, assessing the situation. And then Boyazanovov, he lands a crisp, sharp one-two. Fam is against the fence, and then Boyazanovov brings a knee straight up the middle. It lands perfectly on the chin. Fam goes down. Boyazanovov lands a couple of shots, and a ref jumps in. It is done. I, it is pretty much done with the knee. You know what I mean? But hey, you made sure you just put a little icing on top, made sure it was donezos. You feel me? But boy, crazy shit, man. Crazy shit. And the next fight, 
you know what I mean? The next fight was no different. So we dropped down to bantamweight. And it was Keaton uh, Gorton against Isaiah Gutierrez. Now, both were pretty much the same on the cards. You know what I mean? They were pretty even in all areas. Now, Gutierrez, he came out hot. Came out hot, really taking it to Gorton. You know what I mean? Um, got a few takedowns and was just really bringing on the pressure. Halfway through the first round, though, Gorton, he lands a right, puts Gutierrez down. Puts him down. And you're like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, god damn. Okay, and now it's Gordon's time to um put on the you know what I mean the damage. So hey, it was a real back and forth first round. Second round starts again. Gutierrez comes out hot, comes out hot, really trying to put the pressure on. And Gordon he goes for a flying knee, but misses it. Gutierrez then goes in for a takedown, goes in for a takedown, um, but doesn't quite get it, changes to a guillotine, like a standing guillotine, and that was it. Like, he'd gone for a guillotine in the first round, didn't get it. You know, but this time it was tight. Oh my days, it was tight, and Gorton has to tap. So, yeah, three fights, three finishes. Not bad, not bad, right? So, we then go to another bantamweight clash, two undefeated fighters, Alden Correa and Michael Sear. So both undefeated, and I believe Sear was the biggest underdog on the card. Now, it 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 was again pretty close, but Corey was really chopping that leg, and he he was maybe getting off the big shots, right? Getting off those big shots in the first, in the second round. He put Sia down, put Sia down, but Sia straight up and, you know, getting back to it. Like he wasn't overly affected. As the fight was going on, you could see Corey, he, he was slowing down slightly, but probably still took the second round. In the third, man, it's, it's back and forth. It's back and forth. Right, Courier may have the advantage, but Sear is, you know, he's pushing for takedowns and all of this. Now, the incident that really changed the fight, Courier was in deep on a takedown. Sear is going down, he grabs the fence, grabs the fence. Stops the takedown, 
ends up on top. And because the way they went down, he's also able to wrap Corey up into a twister. Twister looked tight. Twister looked tight, man. But props to Corey, he was fighting it. Fighting it. Now, Sue was then able to, you know, this courier to, to try and defend the um, the twister. He turns, tries to turn out. But as he's turning, his arm's trapped. His arm's trapped behind him. So Sue now's on the back, gets the arm under the chin, and Coria had nothing. His arm's trapped, so he can't defend it. Sia wraps in a rear naked choke, gets a tap, gets the win. Big win. And, you know, Sia was put, always pushing. He was never out of the fight. But defense grab, man. It, it was defense. Like, the referee saw it and was like, let go of defense. But, you know what I mean? It... It clearly stopped the takedown, which then led to the twister. So it, it, it was a bit messy. It was a bit messy. You know what I mean? Hey, Coria didn't, you know what I mean? They, they didn't kick up a stink or anything like that after the fight. So props. And as I said, look, both fought well, right? Both were pushing, both were looking for the win. So, you know. It, it, it was just a shame about the finish, the, the way that whole sequence happened. You know, that's the only shame about that fight. So we then go to the co-main event, which was the, um, yeah, our first decision on the cards. So we had Brandon Phillips against Elijah Johns, both coming off losses in the last fight. You know, it's a featherweight clash. They wanted to uh, prove a little sign, you know. And, um, yeah, L LFA don't have a, a featherweight champion at the moment, right? So both wanted to, you know what I mean, show that they should be in the mix. And, hey, the, 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 the first... It started off pretty even. Both were, you know, throwing big shots, right? Both were landing. Both were doing those things. But I think it was, I don't know, three minutes in. John's he goes for a takedown. Doesn't get it on the first attempt, but he pushes through to that second, third, you know what I mean, effort. And he, he gets it with an ankle pick. Gets it. And as soon as he gets Phillips down, that kind of was it, right? Because he was able to control Phillips, able to control him on the ground, land shots, bloody him up. And, you know, we then went into the second round where he got the takedown a lot earlier. Third round, basically pretty much straight away. And he just controlled it. You know, props to Phillips for escaping, you know what I mean, some of the submission attempts and just staying in there. But, boy, Elijah Johns really, really grounded that one out and, and got a, 
predominant win. So the main event, it was a welterweight clash. Steve Jones against Chris Brown. And, um, yeah, this was like, what you notice straight away, Jones, he, he had his guard up high. Brown didn't. Right, Brown's landing heavy shots, but puts himself off balance a few times with, you know, he's he's jumping in and everything like that. So they're both landing well. You know what I mean? They're both landing well. Um, Brown's, you know what I mean? Brown's a bit slow. He did come in heavy for the fight, right? And Hey, this wasn't the, the the original main event, so it's only three rounds. So you're thinking, all right, Brown, he's he's slowing, but it's the power, right? He's landing these power shots, which is um, you know, serving him well, right? But Jones, he's still landing shots, so it's close. Brown's probably got the edge, but it is close. We go into the third round. Go into the third round. And, you know what I mean? Close to the end. I think we had just over a minute left. And Brown lands a big left. Oh, my gosh. A big left. And Jones is on spaghetti legs. He's all over the place. Brown gets him down and just punches, right? Does the thing you're meant to do, just keeps it on him. Keeps it on him until the referee has to stop the fight. So, yeah, big win for um, Chris Brown. Big win for Chris Brown. You know, he did miss weight, which is not great. Not great. Yeah, you know what I mean? But Hey, maybe he gets a shot at the welterweight crown next. Who the fuck knows? But LFA is back doing their thing. And that's great, man. That is great. There's another event next week. Can't wait. Can't wait. And uh, yeah. Oh, good lead in to the Saturday's UFC. Well, people. So there was four prelims. Right? And... Yo, these were fun fights. They were really fun fights. Now, <laughs> they didn't necessarily all go how I thought they would. You know what I mean? Um, man, I, I think I got two of the four. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, it's like one of them things. But I will say, one of those other fights was very close. Was very close. And a couple of the fighters, I mean, they came in on, like, mad short notice. So, yeah. I mean, we, we started off with Charles Rosa against TJ Brown. This was a lightweight fight, but it was short notice for Rosa. So, um, yeah, he fought upper weight class. And, um, yo, TJ Brown came out for rowing. He was loading up those bombs, man. He really was. And you thought, you know what I mean? Like, that might be it for TJ. 
but no, he he really did show a good usage of tools because you know he he was trying to land bombs, but he was also mixing up the takedowns, and he took Rosa down over and over again. Rosa, Rosa, you know, I mean, as I said in my you know preview, Rosa is very good on the ground, right and. Yeah, Brown, he couldn't put him away. He tried the um, arm triangle multiple times. Couldn't land it. You know, he tried anacondas and just different submissions. And Rosa, you know, was able to escape. Now, Rosa also, he, um, he reversed a few times, right? Got himself in some decent positions. But I think it also seemed that Rosa was rushing sometimes, you know, to um, try and get, you know, into a submission or something like that. And, you know, how many times have you heard position over submission, you know, and that wasn't, now, I might be wrong, but that's what it seemed with Rosa. I kind of feel as well, it's partly because of the short notice, right, where you're like, Ah, I mean, I've been training, but I don't know. Will my gas tank last, right? So let me try and end this sooner rather than later. But Brown, you know, I mean, he he really was very smart with his approach and was able to control Rosa a lot of the fight. So it was a, a, a definitely a clear victory for TJ Brown and having James Krause in your corner, very handy in these kind of situations, you know. Uh, we then uh, go to Kevin Crom against Brian Kelleher. So this was a featherweight bout, but you know, Kelleher short notice, so he moved up a division. Um, and uh, another Krause fighter in Crom. Right, who really came out pushing the pressure on Kelleher? Because yeah, Crom took it on short notice, and and so he's pushing the pressure. You know, what I mean, like looking good, but Brian Kelleher was able to adapt his style. Right, Crom had the reach advantage, so you just saw Kelleher, you know, do a lot of step double jab, stepping, getting close, land an elbow, just things like that to disrupt everything. So he came into the first round, gets a takedown, gets a takedown before it closes, lands a little ground and pound, boom. And you think, oh, that's probably enough to win it. He does the same in a second, but slightly earlier. And then in the third, he gets an early takedown and just controls it, controls it. It was a, another very good, very good win for uh, Brian Kelleher. You know, he, he really used his skills very well, bro, very well. So we then had um, Rames Brahamin against Court McGee welterweight fight, and, you know, Bramahim, he, he's the young gun here, Court McGee, the old dog, but 
you know, what I said about Court McGee in his last fight, that was probably the best McGee we'd seen in a long while. And I think we'd, we'd seen this change in mentality from McGee because, you know, there was a few fights where he's pushing forward, but you just didn't see that same hunger. Didn't see that same hunger. But we suddenly, boom, the, that switch changed. And we saw McGee just back to the old crusher. And, whew, in this, he did not give Ramahim any space. He dominated, McGee dominated him. He just pressured him and just poured on the pain, right? He was grappling him, taking him down. And you wondered, right, will McGee try and take him down? Because Ramahim, like, all his finishes have been submissions, you know, and although McGee, boom, he can take you down. He submitted, but you thought, oh, I think Bramahine is probably just that little bit more than McGee. But McGee took him down, avoided all attempts, and just smothered and dominated. It was a very good, very good, um, you know, strategy from McGee, you know, came out pretty unscathed, you know, that, that was fun, it was a fun fight, and the, the prelims were rounded off with a Joseph Holmes, ugly man Joe, against a Jamie Pickett, the Night Wolf, this was a middleweight, Holmes was making his debut, you know, after looking good on the contender, looking good in LFA, and um, then just being mad impressive in CFFC, getting his contract there. So this was an interesting fight, you know, and I think one thing I did not really pick up on when I was looking at this fight they are basically the same fucking fight. Like, they, they were the same height, same reach. You know what I mean? They, they utilize a very similar style. So this fight, it, it started off, and we saw Holmes come out throwing a lot of kicks, looking very good, very sharp. But Pickett was able to get in get him down, landed some elbows at the end of the round, which you think, ah, I think that took a little bit out of Holmes. But also, I think we saw that UFC dump, right? It just happened so many fighters. They make their debut, and it, it's just the moment can take over, right? And we've seen these fighters outside the UFC on the contender look, phenomenal but then in their debut they're just not clicking the same right second fight boom it's back to seeing how they were but in that debut it can do something to you and we just saw home slow down right slow down and just be a step behind Pickett who and Pickett was just mixing up very well but 
the big thing. When Holmes landed, right, you, you could see that the, the power and he was getting good effect, but it was just he couldn't sustain the attacks and Pickett could and Pickett mix it up well. He he really just used that smothering on the fence, that pressure, right, to continuously wear on Holmes. But hey, it was a fun, it's a close fight, and Holmes didn't give up, right? He, he, he still kept going, and then towards the end of the fight, he, he, I mean, really pushed, really pushed, landed some good shots, all of that jazz. So although it wasn't maybe the homes that we used to, I don't think he, he didn't damage his rep here. And it, it'll be interesting to see how his next fight goes. And Pickett, Pickett has seemed to find that groove. You know what I mean? He, he picked up his first one in the last fight. He's continued that here. And I, I think we're seeing Pickett come into his own now. So, hey, definitely interested to see how Pickett goes from here. Um, and, yeah, no, I'm down to see what Holmes does in his next fight. I feel... It will be very different, but uh, yo, fun prelims, people. Fun prelims, good way to bring us into that main. Okay, so the main card opened up with the featherweight clash between um, Joe Anderson, Brito, and Bill Algio, and Brito came out. Like a frigging whirling dervish. He was landing some really big shots. He really was. And he, he picks up Algio, basically takes him a tour around the octagon, and then just slams him down. Huge takedown. Huge takedown. And you're like, damn, okay, okay. Right? It was impressive. It really was. Um, but Algio, you know, what I mean, busy from the bottom, and he's able to reverse, gets on top, lands some big elbows, right? And I mean, coming into the second, you could see that Brito, um, he he tied himself out, right? It, it was the takedowns and just loading up, man, because everything was coming with bad right, so from that point, Algio, he's using his range, he's using the jab, you know, and some kicks to the body, all of that, doing a very good job, and it's the volume, because where Brits, because Brito, even though he's tight, he's clearly tired, right, he's still coming forward, still coming forward, still throwing those bombs, but Algio is, it's doing a Diaz, man. You know what I mean? Just mad volume, not loading up at all, a load of volume, and just did a very good job to then control the fight and pull out a very good win. Very good win for Billy Algio. Um, so yeah, our uh, our debutants, 
you know, things aren't going as well for them, right? But we then jumped to the lightweight division. We had Dakota Bush against Vasilov Brochekev, Brochekev, right? Um, you know, uh, was another contender series uh, fighter. Um, you know, the Slava Claws, right? So he looked great on the contender series. So you're like, oh, how's this going to go? And Dakota Bush was just like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about your power, son. Came out pressured, you know, Brusheslav. Pressured him. Landed huge shots. Multiple takedowns. Now, Brusheslav was able to get back up. But, you know, Bush is just on him. On him, wobbled him a few times, wobbled him a few times, and it's just like shit. Dakota Bush is looking fire, like this is the Dakota Bush that we'd seen in LFA, right? We'd seen just do his thing so well, and yeah, he's taking it. He's taking it to Bushislav, but he goes for a takedown. Bushislav stuffs it. Spins off the fence and rips a left hook to the body. The whew, landed just in that perfect place. Perfect place is is that kidney shot, right? We saw Jessica Andrade do it to Caitlin Kajajian, right? We saw she did it to someone else. I forget who, right? It's like the Giga kick. It's just one of those things that you get hit in that spot. It's done. You can't do anything, right? And Bush just crumples to the ground, and the ref saves him. It, it was it's crazy. It was crazy. And our first stoppage of the night, people. Funny enough, talking about Kagajian, Right, she was in our featured bout against Jennifer Meyer, featherweight going at it. No, flyweight. Um, and it was a rematch, right? That Kagajian won the first time. So you're just by interesting. Now, Jennifer Meyer, you know, since that loss, came back, put together a nice little win streak, fought the champion. You know, Kajajian fought the champion too. You know, but both of them are looking to get back in there, right? So this, a win here puts you in a very good position. You know what I mean? And um, actually, it wasn't the featured bout. No, it was the fight, fight before the featured bout. <laughs> I don't think that has a title. But, you know, I think I said, like, in Kajajian's last fight, we had seen her finally kind of really put it together, right? Now, Kajajian, she's always had the tools, right? She trains under Mark Henry. So obviously, you know what I mean? We know she can do her thing. Sometimes, though, we haven't seen the volume from her. But recently, that seems to have changed. And it continued. It continued. Maya was coming with heavy shots, but Kajajian was just using that range and footwork, 
so well, man. Really able to avoid a lot of the big shots. Land her jab multiple times, right? Keeping Maya off balance, really just doing her thing. I believe he like took her down a couple of times, I believe. Uh, um, but yeah, just mixing up, ripping to the body. You know, it was a, a really good performance from Kajajian and Maya. You know, you know what I mean? Like, did everything her corner was telling her. Like, keep, you know, you didn't win that round. You need to come back. And in the third, she really came out with some heat. But Kagajian, you know what I mean? Defended well. And, yeah, got back to everything that was working. That jab, right? The volume, the movement. It was a, a very good performance. A very good performance from Caitlin Kajajian, people. So we then go to the featured, right, which was Rogerio Rogerio Bonterine against Brandon Royville, a flyweight fight. Man, this was an interesting one. Like, Royville, whoo, Royville came out looking sharp. Right, doing all them things Royville does, but you know what I mean. I mean, the, the, the big thing with this was Royville, it's like, like, as I said, look, sometimes Royville he, he pushes a little too much, right? And Bronterine is able to take him down, able to take him down, but on the ground, Royville just always moving, right? Landing elbows just doing his thing, and the big thing of the fight, that the closest to finish it was Royville, because he had Bontarine in a very nice armbar, a little controversial as well, because, I mean, there's, it's so difficult, right, because you look at it, there was a moment, and it did look like Bontarine maybe tapped, maybe tapped, right, but it's like one of them things where you look at the footage multiple times, sometimes you think, oh, I think that was a double, sometimes you think, oh, no, that was just a single, it was, it's a complicated one, right, but, you know, it, no one picked up, fight continued, and, yeah, Bontarine, you know, continued to take Royville down, but Royville, you know, busy, reversed a few times, you know, and Royville was able to get the split decision win. Didn't look overly pleased, right? And he even said, yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I, I rushed. I rushed a few times, right? Put myself off balance. Let him take me down. I need to work on that. It, it's definitely a thing. But, you know, I'm not mad at that decision. I, I do believe Royville was doing... Uh, you know, the most damage. And when you, as I said, when you look at it, he was the one that came closest to ending the fight. So we then had our sole heavyweight clash of the night, right? Chase Sherman against Jake Collier. And this fight was crazy. It wasn't a long fight. It was a crazy-ass fight. Both of these dudes were throwing. 
both were throwing some big shots. You know, Collier was like, not necessarily rushing, but really just pushing forward and just throwing. Sherman, you can see, Sherman had a more refined striking style, right? So he was keeping composed, getting into space, landing big shots. Problem was, you know, Sherman's throwing some kicks, but they're not the fastest of kicks. You know what I mean? So Collier catched a kick and bundled Sherman to the ground, right? Gets on top. Gets him to mount, and he's landing some big shots, dropping some big fucking elbows. So Sherman did the thing, right? Trying to avoid those elbows, he spun. He, he, he spun round, and you, you see, look, he's trying to get up, but it's not protecting the neck, people. Not protecting the neck. And you saw Collier like put an arm under and the problem was Sherman's not fighting it. it as, as soon as you feel the arm go by your neck, you need to grab it to stop that from getting a right underneath because then you got problems. It's not over, but you got problems and you just Sherman, he, he's not fighting the arms, not fighting the arms. So Collier was able to just get the arm underneath the chin, sink in that rear naked, and that was all she wrote. So, yeah, there you had it, people. You know what I mean? Our second finish of the night. You know what I mean? All fun fights, though. Fun fights. But now... Now we go into the main event. So this main event, it was an interesting one, right? Because we had Giga Kadesi, who's been on a nine fight. I think it's a nine fight tear. You know what I mean? Just doing his thing, looking very impressive. Especially since, you know what I mean? He, he found that finishing touch and he just was putting people away with that Giga kick. All right. And then you had Calvin Cader, who had really had some impressive wins, but we hadn't seen him in almost a year to the day. All right. He uh, fought last January 2021, the, um, you know, first card of the year again on ABC, the premiere there, fought Max Holloway. And, I mean, everyone knows how that fight went, right? Holloway put on one of the best performances, you know, in the featherweight division. He really, he looked sensational, right? And so, how would Kader come back from that? Now, the thing, I, I like that he took so much time because the damage in that, it was crazy, and I think when you see people come back too early, haven't fully recovered, right? I think we saw it with um, Stipe Miocic against Daniel Cormier. He, he, I mean, he'd taken all that damage against Francis Ngano. And it just seemed that, hey, and no 
no taking away from what Cormier did, but you wonder, you know, what I mean? like if he would have been knocked out if he hadn't have taken all that damage previously. Now, it's just one of those things, you know? So it was good that he took all that time off. The other big thing, Giga has kicks. Calvin doesn't have kicks, really. You know what I mean? Not to the same extent. So you're just wondering, can he defend? Can he defend against that Giga kick? All right? So this fight, it starts off, man, because Daisy comes out putting it together so well. Really was. You know, kicks, punch, oh, man, ripping to the body, the head, just mixing it up, looking sharp. Now, Kader, he's landing his jab very well. It's, it's back and forth, people. But Giga throws a kick. Kader, you know what I mean, avoids the kick and Giga slips on the canvas. A few fighters during the night had slipped, right? And Giga slipped. Kader's able to then take him down. He basically just flies through the air. Fire up, whoo, Superman, you know what I mean? Grabs Kadezi and takes him down. And once he gets into the ground, he's, oh man, he's throwing, el he's dropping elbows. You know what I mean? He's showing very good control. Now, Kadezi was no slouch, right? He, 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 he was trying, he was doing the things, he's moving, getting back into guard, all of that jazz. But Kader was able to get him down and land a lot of damage. A lot of damage, which you can see it can wear on you, right? That can help take away the gas tank. So we saw that. And then from that point onwards, Kader was just in Kadezi's face. I didn't give him the space for the kicks. Now, Kadezi still did land some kicks. Landed a good head kick, hearing which Kader just ate. Right? It was, it's just insane. It's just insane. Right? You saw the welts on Kader's body from the kicks that he, he, he took. Man, it was brutal. But Kader just pressured and was oh, using that jab to a plumb. He really was. Now, during the fight, Bisbing did use the analogy of Kader is doing to Kadezi what Holloway did to him. And I, I can understand that sentiment. I don't think it was exactly the same, though, because I think in the Holloway Kader fight, Holloway didn't take the same amount of damage that Kader took in this fight. Because Kader was still getting hit, but Kader has. I mean, his chin is insane. There's, I think there's other fighters who Kadezi would have put away. But Kader, with his chin, now he also, he showed some very good movement. So did Kadezi, 
right? They, they slipped a lot of very good shots, man. It was crazy, right? But yeah, Kada took more shots than Holloway took in their fight. So I understand that, that, you know, people that are drawing some parallels, but I don't think it's exactly the same. But the, the big thing with it was, yeah, you, you watched the fight and you're like, yeah, this Kata is winning the fight, right? And there was no, oh, this is close. No, no, no. Like, Kada was clearly winning. He was oh, a step ahead of Kadezi. But like in the Kata Holloway, and like we saw from Kada in that fight, that he, he kept on coming forward. He kept on trying. Same with Kadezi. He kept on trying. So although it was kind of one-sided, it kind of got to one-sided, you know what I mean? Like, after the first, you didn't really think that Kadezi was going to stop Kader. But he kept trying. He kept trying. And so mad props for that. I don't think Kadezi loses too much with the loss. You know, the, the, the only thing is he, he doesn't get the next title shot, right? Where a win, he possibly would have, you know? And if something had happened to Zombie, you could have seen, oh, yeah, they're, they're just starting Kadezi. That won't happen now. But he showed how fucking tough he is. Showed how tough he is. And Kada, what a way to come back from that Holloway loss. It, it was sensational. It was a great performance and just reestablishes what a bad motherfucker Calvin Cater is. So, yeah, that was great, people. It was a great main event. I don't know if you could say it's in contention for fight of the year, but it was a good fucking fight. It was a good fucking fight. That's Yo, people, so there you go. There you go. Hey, some great action. We have a new champion in, um, you know, in Victor in the atom weight division. And you got to wonder, hey, when's it coming to the UFC? Because I feel an atom weight division is dropping in 2022. I think it probably would have done last year if it wasn't for the whole pandemic, right? So, um, yeah, boom, things happen there. Looks like we might have a new contender for the welterweight belt in LFA. And Calvin Cater, right? What a motherfucking win. What a win. You know what I mean? It was great and a good build up to next week's pay-per-view so people whoo there is our recap and get ready because you know we're gonna be doing the preview a bit later in the week so until then peace